0: is it going gal
1: it's going great but it's probably going better for you because you just had a
0: birthday week on i did i'm on the tail end of you know i'm I, and i'm feeling every day of it okay um <laughs> i i turned 34 on thursday oh my god so old oh how I, can i even know someone that age <laughs> um i have friends visiting from texas we went out on Friday, and I'm not even joking. It took me all, all of Saturday's plans. I could not go to because I was too hungover. Wow. Uh, I And I didn't even drink that much. I fully, I don't know what happened. I had maybe seven drinks, which is a lot for me um, because I'm a lightweight. But we had like a rooftop winery thing. We had tickets to go see Alaska. You didn't um, go see Alaska? Didn't go. You thunderfucked I, I, out of that? I was too nauseous, gal. Wow! L- literally, I. Servius McGurkis, just no. I said live stream it for me, babes. Um, so sorry. And it wasn't until yesterday, and I was like, I bought tickets to go see A Strange Loop. I was like, I will not miss this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was touch and go. Um, and Both. I. F- Ooh. I felt like God was saying, "Girly." Do better. Learn. <laughs> stay at home. Know your place. And I was like, okay, I'm not. I'm not a go out queen anymore. I'm, I am. A, wow. a, a, I'm not a party monster. Well, but you
1: know, know yourself. That's i thyself. They say, oh, know thyself. Yes. And,
0: and I and, and I am an indoor queen. I am a. <laughs> Or, or, or So, I have a couple friends staying here. A couple friends are staying at a hotel. And I said, All the girlies who are do nothing bitches can stay with me. And the party gals will be at the hotel. I got some snacks. I got some crafts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, honey. We're, we're gonna... the, or, ordering in, watching movies. We watched all of Heartstopper. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a weekend. <laughs> That's a weekend, hon. Uh, but thank you for the birthday wishes. Um, I am happy to be here. Another you're, trip you're around looking... the sun
1: luminous and like Thank obviously you. the light is like streaming in on your face oh, but yeah. like just this this real...
0: My... My mysterious lighting. Mm. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Welcome
1: to The Mixed Reviews. We are a film podcast where we take a film subject such as an actor, director, or a mini-genre and we give you a full history and then we're like, here's our five-star reviews and here's our one-star
0: reviews. We mix it up, okay? (laughs) We we, we don't play favorites here, okay? We look at the good. We look at the bad. Um, And I'm very, very excited for this episode and this subject. But before we get into that, Gavin, tell the children who we were talking about last week.
1: So last week, we had on the wonderful Kate Urblin and she joined oh. us to talk about 80s icon... Andrew McCarthy.
0: She brought the full chaos, and I lived, laughed, and loved. What a strange
1: Uh, episode, and I'm all for it.
0: All for it. Kate, you are a wonder. Thank you so much for coming on. You are an icon. Um, We asked you guys to go online and vote for your favorite Andrew McCarthy performance, um, and here are the results. My pick, (laughs) dead funny, came in dead last, and I'm pretty sure I was the only one who voted for it with 2%. Please go and find Dead Funny. I think it's very good.
1: And it's not difficult to find. It's just not good quality when Correct. you do find it. But
0: it's it's worth watch watch it. You know? She's out there. She's out there. Um some of you psycho freaks actually picked St. Elmo's Fire. I cannot believe. Uh that came in with 10%. A weekend at Bernie's strong at 33%, which I believe both you and Kate picked, right? Yeah, because we are also psycho freaks, but to a lesser extent. Correct. Um, And then Mannequin came in at top with 55%. um, Mannequin, which is just the the cherry on top of the Chaos Conflama um, cake that we baked for this episode. But that was Andrew McCarthy. We had a blast doing that episode. Um, I gotta say, Gavin, you know, going off script, if you will, we are working overtime (laughs) Yeah. Uh, because uh some of you guys might have heard we are going to be on screen drafts uh in June I believe and so we have not only working hard to watch our films eh, for our podcast eh, but also for uh that episode which uh is all about um F score what is it no um
1: yeah the the F cinema score ranking which is funny because and i don't want to get too deep into it because i'll probably save it for screen drafts but i've literally
0: never looked at the cinema score of a movie no never um i will say that that they are eschewing um horror which has (laughs) been especially uh, difficult for me to get through uh but that i just want to like a little caveat going into this week's episode i realized i was like oh shit um well let's just let the children know we were talking about the great uma thurman today absolutely
1: star and I, of stage and screen yes hit yes hit wonder actress who lent her name to that terrible song i'm not mad at it hon oh I'm it's fall- so bad
0: honey i'm falling out boy <laughs> um and but i was like we were like yeah uma would be great and then i was getting into it i was like oh shit she has so many movies um, Yeah. So I, this, I was a little. I'll, I'll be honest, I was a little surprised
1: too, yeah. because I was like, "Oh, I've seen the Uma, yes, yes, yes. Uvra, Uvra, the Oprah meet Uma meet Uvra," uh-huh. <laughs> and I was wrong. I was yes. so wrong. Yes, I, I watched. Oh God, I watched so many movies for this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I had to rely on I'm going to rely on the well of knowledge I already had cuz there are a lot of movies that I had seen, but honey, because of all the homework we've been doing, there are some that I missed. And so, um I definitely like I was zooming through like trailers being like, "Okay, I definitely wanna watch this." Um so we are here learning together, going through the 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 excellence that is uma um and also the fucking hardship because jesus like there is some very not so great stuff that we're gonna go through so trigger warning truly for sexual assault and um body image
1: and abortion
0: and the fucking weinstein of it all yeah girlies um so before we get into it gevin how what what how did you get um introduced to to miss uma
1: I think my first Uma Thurman film is maybe a slightly unconventional, but is a slightly earlier one. And I believe it was The Adventures of Baron Munchausen from 1988. Mm. Wow. uh, Which is a movie that I hold near and dear to my heart. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it is this sort of fairy tale, Terry Gilliam, wild film. But she literally plays the goddess Venus in it, and she's introduced into the film in the in like Botticelli's birth of Venus yeah. and it's it's really Lady
0: Gaga's Venus starts playing it's crazy absolutely <laughs> but from there
1: I think like as a kid I really got to know who she was through Batman and Robin obviously. absolutely Same. I think that's I think that's the root for a lot of queers our age yes <laughs> but <laughs> that movie in general yeah I Joel was,
0: Schumacher thank you <laughs>
1: I was watching it with Dan and Dan was like these sets He's mm-hmm. like, this isn't even stage show. This is, like, Vegas show.
0: Yes! Oh my god, honey. <laughs> Talk about camp! Like, when will
1: your faves? Could never. Um, and So I think I think that's, you know, those two things sort of set me up for uh, this sort of love for Uma Thurman, because I think what's interesting about her, and I actually recently went back and listened to our very first episode because good old Kirsten Dunst had a birthday this past weekend as well. You mm-hmm. and her, 34 forever. Uh... <laughs> I, I said something about Kirsten Dunst that I, I no longer feel is necessarily true, which is that I said that she's not great at subtlety. And mm. I think Kirsten Dunst is much better at subtlety now than she was back when we did that episode five years ago. I think that is still true of Uma Thurman. I think what's really yes. interesting about Uma is she is a very theatrical actress in mm-hmm. a way that doesn't always compute on film, but when it does, it's like magic. So re- yeah, it's re absolutely. Magic is the right word. It's that sweet spot. And so I think her Poison Ivy for whatever you think of that film is she's hitting every note that's being asked of her.
0: Yeah. I remember I same like I I was introduced to her via uh Batman and Robin, but I remember I remember I loved that movie so much the next year I was so excited to go watch The Avengers. <laughs> I <laughs> oh, I don't know. When you're a kid, like there there is no reason why you like a thing like if yes. you're just a kid. But I remember thinking like, fuck, like Avengers is gonna come and slay my life, rule everything. And then you watch it and I was like, Oh
2: what can is I, this? Can I tell
1: you, just between us girlfriends? Uh-huh. Um it's one of my favorite disasters. It's a bad movie. I'll acknowledge it's a bad movie. Okay. I could I could watch it all the time. I could watch it. All right. Yeah. All right. All I, right. I, I yeah. And she's miscast. But I grew up on the TV show, and there's enough references on the TV show. There's another thing I watched with Dan, and Dan was like, this doesn't look good. He no, was like, no, no, he was no. like, this... it looks like it was shot like a commercial.
0: It was Windows 95, baby. That's yeah. what they made that movie on. <laughs> um, but all right, let's get into our Rewind.
1: Uma Karuna Thurman was born April twenty nine. 1970. That April makes, 29th? Yeah.
0: We're this, almost birthday twinsies. Yeah,
1: just past
0: past week. So it's wow. like
1: her and Kirsten and you are wow. all together.
0: Taurus vibes. <laughs> Hi.
1: <laughs> um, that makes her 52 years old, which is still so young. It's, it's kind of crazy how... She's been
0: acting forever. Yeah,
1: she. I was thinking about it this morning while I was doing the dishes because I have a normal life. Mm. And I was like she's been famous for more than half of her life. Her waking years. (laughs) Like, that's, I can't imagine. So she was born in Boston, Massachusetts. Her father, Robert Thurman, was a professor of Indo-Tibetan Buddhist studies and an author, and he actually lived as an ordained Buddhist monk for three years. And I saw a very funny interview with her where the guy was like, oh, your father's a Buddhist monk, and she's like, not anymore. Right. I think that would be very rude to my mom. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yes. um, her you mo- know those
0: phases when you just want to be a Buddhist monk? <laughs> uh,
1: her mother, Nina von, I'm going to fuck this up, but hey, Schliebrügge.
0: Fuck it up, gal. Fuck it up. Yes.
1: Nina von Schliebrugach. <laughs> go go mm-hmm. with that. That's correct. Right. Um, and I will not be challenged on it. She was a high fashion model who was born in Mexico City to a German nobleman and a Swedish model.
0: Casual, very are th- casual. Are
1: things making sense to everybody now? Yeah, yeah. Are
0: we are we getting the source material for Miss Uma herself?
2: She went back to school when I was around 12 and became uh, educated to be a psychotherapist, but she didn't actually practice. I was very lucky. I had a I had a mother who stayed at home with her children most of the time.
1: Uma was brought up as a Buddhist. And she spent uh, about two years in Almora, which is a town in the northern Indian state of Uttarakhand. Love that. But she grew up mostly in Amherst, Massachusetts, and they were also lived in Woodstock, New York. Um, she has three brothers, Gandon, uh, Deshan Carl, and Mipam, and a half-sister named Taya, who is from her father's previous marriage.
0: Did I read somewhere that, like, literally her dad thinks that she is, like... A reborn goddess because I think Uma...
1: U- Uma does mean... So Uma is uh... It means light in Sanskrit and it is also the alternate name of Parvati, the Hindu goddess. So... Love that. Yeah. Goddess. Um... Garden I mean, Panty. I think everybody remembers the very dumb David Letterman joke of introducing Uma to Oprah at the Oscars the one year he hosted. I've been dying to do something all day and I think maybe we can take care of this Oprah? Uma? Uma? Oprah? I feel much better. Man, comedy genius. (laughs) So she once described herself in a a 2004 biography as having been awkward and introverted. And she was teased for her appearance and Unusual Name. And sometimes she would ask people to refer to herself as Uma Karen.
0: Not Karen. Not Karen.
1: (laughs) Uh, When she was 10 years old, uh, a friend's mother suggested she get a nose job. (sighs) Rich people. Rich people. What the fuck? Uh, though I did also have a nose job around that time, but that was because I broke it. So, and then I immediately a week later rammed it in the concrete and broke it again. So, Hey, it's gorgeous, Gavin. Great work. (laughs) Great work. Thank you. As a child, she suffered bouts of body dysmorphic disorder. Uh, I believe I read in an interview that she says that sometimes she looks in the mirror and she still sees herself as fat, even though she has never been fat in her life. Um, she attended Amherst Public Schools, and in eighth grade, she was dis- in eighth grade. She discovered her love of acting, and talent scouts just happened to be at her yeah. performance of *The Crucible*, where she was playing Abigail, and they were like, "You should act professionally." Um, around this time, she also started attending a preparatory school in Massachusetts, and then was like, "Peace out, bye. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be go famous. Act- Yes. <laughs> She also began her career as a fashion model at age 15. She was signed with the Click Models Agency. She was in Glamour. She was in British Vogue. On the cover. Cover of British Vogue in 86. Like, a child. A child. A literal child. Literally a child. And she moves to New York and decides to start getting this acting thing going. (laughs) I
2: I did start work very early. And um, I transferred from high school to professional high school. I was very driven. Um, at a really weirdly young age, I guess it must have been very unhappy high school students. <laughs> I mean, only can ex- hard to explain, but um, I had, a, I guess, I had, I had, I had the luck of having passion for something. Um, well, many things, but I had passion for something that I could do, which was to act. And um, and then I had the phenomenal sort of, I guess unusual opportunity of being asked, to be given the, uh, the opportunity to do it. And that doesn't often happen to people when they're very young.
1: And it's funny because she says, you know, at first she didn't study with anyone. She just was like, I'm going to act. And she does this thriller called Kiss Daddy Goodnight. You can find a couple different cuts of it on YouTube. Uh, none of, neither of them are good. Uh, Steve Buscemi's in the movie for a scene. Then she gets cast in 1988 in three different films. Johnny B Good, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, and most notably Dangerous Liaisons. Uh-huh. Uh Johnny B Good, she plays the teen girlfriend of a football star played by Michael Anthony
0: Hall. It's bad. The movie I I watched Johnny B Good and it's very much like I don't know College Football is bad and uh uh people are obsessed with it and she all she is is like the hot girl who's yeah. at home waiting for like Johnny to uh, be good. Um, Yeah, not great. Very 80s, very 80s. Also, Robert Johnny Jr.? Uh, The Adventures (laughs) of Maren Munchausen previously mentioned.
2: I think that actually was the pivot that made me realize that I would, it was real. I would dedicate my life to being in the dramatic arts and I would work at it like an animal until I got sort of halfway good at it. And, um, you know, I'd seen Brazil uh, with my brothers. We snuck into his film, Brazil, uh, when I was underage to go see it. And I thought he was a genius. And flying to Chinichita at age 17 and witnessing all of Chinichita transformed by his imagination, a true auteur, um, I realized it wasn't just like me cheating out of school. It was a real beautiful art form and that I could actually be part of it.
1: And Dangerous Liaisons, which mm-hmm. we talked about very much in our Glenn Close yeah. episode. If you are a fan of Cruel Intentions, she plays the Selma Blair, Cecile character. Yeah. And it, she she's meant to fall in love with Keanu Reeves after being deflowered many times
0: by mm-hmm. John Malkovich. This, I mean, this movie like really does launch her in a lot of ways because the movie is so well received right like i mean and she was this like little virginal new girl on the block um yeah i didn't re-watch dangerous liaisons but i the movie is so stunning and and every part of it is just like fire i think it's also a, a hard role to do for someone that age because you
1: are playing somebody that's so naive, but you don't right. want to tip the hand into parody. And right. once again, not to like move into cruel intentions territory, but I think that's Selma Blair, the tone of that movies allows Selma Blair to move more into oh, parody. And, absolutely. And this one, because it's so stuffy and so mannered, uh, stuffy is the wrong word because it's a truly gorgeous movie and you should watch dangerous liaisons. But because it's so mannered, it doesn't allow her that room to get as playful, but she still has to maintain that, like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's not my place to tell you this, my dear, if I hadn't become so fond of you. Go on, please. Your marriage has been arranged. Who is it? It was someone I know slightly. Monsieur Le Comte de Bastille. What's he like? Well... You don't like him. Well, he's not that. He's a man of somewhat erratic judgment and rather serious. How old is he? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. He's an old man. She
0: gets really amazing reviews. The movie gets really amazing reviews. Um, I think that like kind of really sets her up though for, for the, just like a truly uh, banger-filled '90s. Also, yeah. just like a weird '90s. She has a very fucking weird career, you know. She, like, she truly does, and I, I think part of it is is. Uh, she's been
1: very smart about picking the things that she wants to do because I've seen some critical pieces about like, like why is her agent signing her up for these roles? And we'll get there. But I think what a lot of it is, is she wants to work when it's on her terms. And I, I can't blame her for that. I mean,
0: who who else gets to have that sort of thrust in their own career? Right. I think she takes a lot of roles that, you know, are weird and she likes that because I think she's secretly a psycho freak. But <laughs> I but and we'll see later in her career where she starts taking the very vanilla roles yeah. that aren't so weird. And it's just like, I don't and and we can talk about this later. I think I have, a she's, I
1: have a secret theory about that too. So we will talk about that later. Okay, we'll get there. Uh but I do wanna say, while she was on the set of dangerous liaisons, John Malkovich said of her that there was nothing. Twitchy, teenagerish about her. I haven't met anyone quite like her that age. Her intelligence and poise stand out, but there's something else. There's more than a little haunted. A little haunted girly. Like yeah. I said, the psycho freak jumps out. Absolutely. In 1990, she appeared with Fred Ward and Maria de Medeiros in Henry and June, which is a, a sexually provocative drama about the relationship between Henry Miller and June Miller, but also the, his relationship. With with this character Aeneas, and I don't know if you saw this movie. I actually quite liked it. I th- I think it's f- really funny that a lot of the reviews were like, "It's not really that sexy," even though it earned an NC seventeen and was one of the really few- oh yeah, it's one of the few films that like garnered award recognition, even though it was NC seventeen. Hmm. But her role is very strange. She talks like this the whole movie. She just deepens her voice and what's like, the name of the Theranos girl? That's there. Yes, you're giving Theranos right yes. now. <laughs> it's me, the dropout.
2: <laughs> what has Henry told you? Nothing. Really. He mentioned Pop? No. Who's Pop? Pop is a patron saint of the arts, I know. Henry's jealous of him because Pop's rich. Henry sees a lecture under every rock. You know how men get. Do you love women? (laughs) What do you mean?
1: I liked it, though. I gotta okay. say, I, okay. was a li- I was, like, a little shot But once again, it was stagey. It was very, like, it was like a woman giving off a performance. And so she both, she she ends up having an affair with this woman who is also the mistress of her husband, and then freaking <sighs> out when, you know. It, what's really funny about this, too, by the way, is that the last time I saw a film about Henry Miller was the Andrew McCarthy Quiet Days of Clicky and i hated okay. it yes, yes yes and so watching this movie like so close afterwards i was like well this is clearly the winner they came yes. out the same year so
0: wow okay the turns have tabled
1: yeah and so her performance as june miller like she gets really good notices even though it's a very odd sort of mannered
0: am i saying it, this it did not get a wide release in the u.s
1: <laughs> no because of the nc-17 rating
0: yeah okay. yeah yeah
1: People scared of sex, okay with violence. Uh, speaking Stupid. of violence, <laughs> she she then goes and stars in an, an adaptation of Robin Hood where she plays Maid Marian. I did not watch this because it's like three fucking hours long and it basically went direct to video in the US because it came out the <laughs> same year as Prince of Thieves. But yep. I'm sure she was good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Robin Hood stories are like very hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't disagree. <laughs> uh,
1: she then goes on to star in a couple thrillers, the neo noir Final Analysis, which was with Richard Gere and Kim Bassinger, and that movie is really great until the final thirty minutes. Really? And okay. I, I was totally into it. The problem with the with the nineties, eighties, nineties is they they didn't realize that they could do a small thriller and end it like a small thriller, and so suddenly like they're on a lighthouse in a storm and everybody has a gun. And like, and it's just like, no, it's too big. Everything is too
0: big. Well, I feel like in the nineties, like everyone's fucking everyone. It's really yeah. inappropriate, but at the end it always needs to be like, but it's okay. And everything's fine. And everything's <laughs> straight. And the bad, like bad guys have to lose. Good guys have yep. to win. The couple has to get together. Like there is, for as complicated and fucked up as a movie is, the ending will always have like a little boop bow on top of
1: it. <laughs> what's fun about this role is she gets to play a, a patient in therapy to Richard Gere's doctor and Richard Gere doesn't realize that he's being set up by her older sister, Kim Basinger, who's sleeping with him to be framed for the death of her husband. Mm. And so he then has to prove That he didn't do it, and he has to enlist Uma's help, but Uma's been helping Kim Basinger, and who will she choose in the end? Yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's like a very Hitchcocky. If if not for like the last 30 minutes where it just explosions. Uh, In 92, (laughs) she also stars in Jennifer Eight, which is another erotic thriller. Okay. She she plays a blind woman who's being targeted by a serial killer. Andy Garcia plays a recently divorced cop who has moved to town and is trying to figure out uh this killer there's easily once again it's another movie where like half an hour could be shaved off and there'd be a good movie there but, got it and also the problem is is like Andy Garcia's character was written to be a much older man and they cast Andy Garcia it's like oh yeah like they're okay. sexy like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like the the guy who directed the movie and wrote it was like i was envisioning like Carl Malden like <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's get Andy on it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How do you know what I'm like?
2: Ross told me. Oh, yeah? What did he say? He said you're quite chubby and you have a nervous tick. (laughs) What else did he say? Just your age. Oh, yeah? How old did he say I was? 57. I don't mind.
1: She then goes indie a little. She... Go she stars in the Tom Robbins novel adaptation even Cowgirls Get the Blues in 1993 for Gus Van Sant. It earns her a nomination for the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actress. Fuck the Raspberries. Uh, but the movie's also just not good. Okay. Yeah, it's too all over the place. It's too like. I I I read about the movie. I yeah. read about thumbs and fingers or she, something. She has very long thumbs in it, and they're also magical because they can basically get her to hitch a ride anywhere it's also like not the first she falls in love with a woman so it's like not the first time she plays a lesbian great okay. supporting cast uh you you have Keanu you have Carol mm. Kane you have Sean Young and maybe her last great role so uh, you know but it's a mess and okay okay you didn't miss much but she also stars in 93 as a waitress opposite Robert De Niro and Bill Murray and the
0: dramedy Mad Dog and Mad Glory. Do- this is one that I'm really upset that I missed because oh, I, I I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, she's playing a love interest, but she looks like actually interested and like interesting, yeah. even though I'm a very like lukewarm Bill Murray person, yeah, um, and- especially <laughs> lately. But we don't have to get yeah, into yes. that. Yes, <laughs> uh, but did you watch Mad Dog and
1: Glory? I did, and actually, I I kind of liked it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I think I think there's maybe the like boundary is a little wrong between whether it 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 wants to be a comedy and a drama but essentially bill murray is this mobster who robert de niro accidentally saves during a stick up essentially <laughs> like mm-hmm, he right. he's not he's like not trying to not save someone but he doesn't know that he's a mobster and bill murray decides to pay him back by taking him out for a night and realizing that they share more in common than he thinks they do. And so he basically, like, sells him Uma Thurman. He's like, she is gonna come live with you and take care of you until, like, until I feel like that my debt is paid to you. And Robert De Niro at first is like, no, I don't want it. And Uma's like... It's questionable whether she's in on it. If this is like a like a game that they're running, like because now it's like, is he now paying off a cop to like right. also get away with some crimes, right? And and it's kind of spirals from there. And it's interesting, but I will say my big problem is is that uma never rises above property
0: in the film. right right I, I was like i was intrigued by the trailer until like i heard the line like i own her and i was like oh i don't like that like, yeah
1: fuck. she's very good in it though and i actually think she, once, once again like you said she has good chemistry with de niro yeah and she doesn't it's I, I like that it's set up that she was just a, a waitress and a bartender in the bar that Bill Murray owned and not that she really had a previous relationship with him. Right, right. Of, because the chemistry there was kind of like non-existent, so it didn't matter. But wonky.
2: How much am I going for? 40000 that all? Knocked down from seventy-five. dollars Must be out of season. Where'd you get it? doesn't matter i can only come up with 27.5 you think it will come down some more
1: jesus christ none of that matters
0: because 94 comes around yeah and, this and is the real like if if dangerous liaisons was like the um i don't know the the on-ramp to her career yeah the 94 is the fucking like nasa liftoff <laughs> into superstardom
1: so, 94, she gets cast as Mia Wallace in Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Several actresses were considered for the role, but Quentin was like, I want Uma Thurman after their first meeting. He he just, like, knew who she was. Uh, she becomes essentially one of the most iconic female film characters of the 1990s. For those who don't know... Pulp Fiction is a fragmented film about crime and she stars in the middle portion in which she she plays the wife of Gangster who has charged one of his men to take her out for the evening and show her a good time and things go awry. That's basically... I did not rewatch this because when I went to film school I had to watch this at least once and by at least once I mean twice every semester. (laughs) Jesus. I have seen this movie so many times that... I no longer feel the need to ever watch it again. Well,
0: plot twist. I had never seen it. <laughs> what? Yeah. I just, I, it's so out of my lane. It's so nothing that I would ever care to watch. No, the things that I know about Quentin Tarantino, like I, I you're like, you feet. Know, yeah, it's <laughs> like, even, even through the stuff that we've watched for this podcast, it's, it's just never been something like, you know what I really want to watch? Like, another good old, good time Quentin Tarantino flick. Um, I finally watched it for this episode because I hit the bangers, obviously. Um, and I I mean, she's incredible. She ends up getting an Academy Award nomination. Um, the iconic scene of her dancing. I get it. She's good. The movie overall for me, I'm just like, why? Why are people obsessed with this? I Is it? clearly it's stylish it's quentin tarantino like it's gonna be stylish but like it's just everything about him that's so fucking weird and like gross and not it's like one thing to like make your character say the n-word it's one thing and it's another to like (laughs) play your characters to say the n word it's like how many times is quentin tarantino in this movie going to be saying the n-word to black people like what and calling it art
1: like what oh well i mean trust me Spike Lee called him out on that and I don't think anything I mean we I think we maybe briefly touched on that on the Spike Lee yeah. episode I don't think anything ever really fully happened with that but like yeah it's it's it's, it's bizarre it's, and yeah. then
0: also like there is not so subtle homophobia with like the worst oh, thing that could ha- it's ha- yeah the worst thing that could happen to you is that like guys abduct you in the ass and yeah like yeah and it, I was like this shit is so intense and and get, I, I was right. I was right for not wanting to watch this movie. You know, like, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. She I, is the girl that I thought she was.
1: I like it, but I can't love it because of all the reasons you stated and overexposure. I think if you've watched anything that amount of times and you already know that you don't love it,
0: then yeah.
1: It's, yeah. it's never going to, you know, I can't make you love me, as Bonnie Raitt no. says. Yeah. Uh,
0: but, it's like I mean, it's, it, I understand the entertainment value. Like I understand like the cleverness of the story, coming looping back and forth. Yeah. Like well, I, I mean, get that's,
1: it. That's part of it. Is like it was it was a mainstream film that was trying out postmodernism in a time in which there wasn't a lot of that happening in a mainstream film. But I will say, she is maybe one of the best parts of it. I mean, the the movie really, I don't love any of the stories that don't involve her <laughs> <laughs> right so like that it's really tough to say like there's a really good short film in here
2: want to dance no 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 no. <laughs> no 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 no. i do believe marcellus my husband your boss told you to take me out and do whatever i wanted and now i want to dance i want to win i want that trophy all so right. dance good
0: all right now let's meet our first contestants here this evening young lady what is your name Mrs. me Wallace.: And uh, how
2: about your fellow here? Vega. I was actually more afraid of the dancing than I've almost been afraid of anything because it was exactly to, like, my total, like, insecurity, you know, being big and awkward and, and still quite young then, you know. Um, and um, once I started dancing, I didn't want to stop. So it was kind of like a dream come true
0: moving along like she essentially becomes quentin's muse right like he he says
1: that and it's funny because i read that somewhere and i was like i keep seeing this and i like want to know what the origin story of this is and then i found out that he said that and so i was like oh okay so like this is a a self-generated sort of prophecy yeah that yeah he he also said that uh, her role in Pulp Fiction ranked up there with Garbo and Dietrich in goddess territory. So he also like clearly has a space for her in his brain that just...
0: Right. He's projecting, you know, this image onto her. And you know, like, I don't think that she's not deserving. Like, she's incredible in the movie. And I think... Personally, I think she has done better movies than Pulp Fiction. Like, I, (laughs) I, I, I I I don't get it. Like... Good for everyone who loves it, I guess. <laughs> I
1: think what's also interesting is that the next part of her career is she could have done anything. I mean, she yep. could be, and I think people do think of Uma Thurman as a superstar, but she did not use the advantage of the the trajectory of pulp fiction to launch her into the stratosphere. She does a bunch of smaller films. So yep. she up next, she does Beautiful Girls, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, and Gattaca. Beautiful girls, I I talked about in the Natalie Portman episode, I have a soft spot for that movie. If you have not seen it, I suggest seeing it. Truth About Cats and Dogs. Cyrano de Bergerac, Janine Garofalo. It's so
0: cute. It's it, so cute. It's so I'm bad. sorry. I don't
1: I, I don't like it,
0: but I think it's cute with a capital Q. I think it's so charming that like in the night. Oh, in the 90s phone sex. The phone oh.
1: sex scene though, I will say, good. I know.
0: Good I know. For I mean, it a lot of like, I don't know if Jean Graffalo is a veterinarian or not. Like, she's just like a gal who knows animals and is talking about it on radio. On the radio.
1: Yeah. Anybody can I, say anything they want on the radio. Like I us.
0: Also, <laughs> yeah, hello. I just like the idea that Jean Graffalo and Uma Thurman are friends, like, and yes. they're like talking about boys together. I think it's charming, but Gattaca. 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 Mm, Gattaca. Mm. I watched Gattaca. Like, I think most. <laughs> People my age maybe did in high school in their biology class. Really, uh, that, they showed yeah. in
1: biology. Wow. Yeah,
0: we. I was. I must have been a junior, or senior, and they they showed it. And like typically, I think when you see movies in school, like they they're super shitty. Yeah. This one fucking blew my mind, though. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like this is fucking crazy. Um, I rewatched it, and it, I still love it so much. I think Ethan Hawke is so hot. He's great. Um, and I. I love the story. I love everything about this movie. I don't know. I it, it's I, it's it's a rare movie that's talking about the future that feels like the future. Yeah. That doesn't try too hard. It's not over the top. It's yeah, I love it.
1: It's hard to believe that this was Andrew Nichols' first film because it doesn't feel like a first film at all. It it's like so well made, so well constructed. It's really amazingly pieced together. I, even to the point where I was watching it being like, you know, Ethan Hawke, Jude Law, they don't really look alike. No. And then they show that photo, and I was like, oh, they kind of do that photo, and then I read that that photo is a digital composite
0: of both of them. Oh, there you go, yeah. And
1: I was like, oh, clever. You got me. You got me, you Gal. You got me, Gal. But uh, you, I, yeah. I, 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 really, I really like Gattaca as well, too. So She's uh,
0: she's not, you know, the main chunk of it, but I think no. she's very good in it, and I I do like that she isn't made to be just like, you know, damsel in distress type gal. She has a lot of inner stuff going. And and I will say like to what you said, this is maybe one of the performances that she gives that I thought like there is a like some subtlety there. That's I was not. just going to say the the direction in this really tamped down
1: that theatrical quality and maybe it's because everybody else was sort of giving off that kind of performance as well. But she's she's really able to rein it in and and like keep it kind of close to the chest.
0: Well, this movie is all about secrets, you know. This yeah. movie is all about keeping who you are, the truth of who you are, you know, buried. And she is one of the people who's like saying, "I'm never going to go to space. I'm never, you know, there." I have a defect essentially, and um, it's not to the extent as Ethan Hawke's character and the the lengths he's going to keep his shit closed inside. But I think like this is, I mean. It, this is a horror movie that is um Seemingly hip- plausible. Yeah, it's a horror movie like but like in a in a sci-fi envelope, um, but also just like a movie about, I don't know, fucking love and overcoming the bitches, the haters. <laughs> um I fucking love this movie.
2: <laughs> Irene. Don't touch me. Listen to me. Irene. I don't even know who you are.
0: I'm the same person I was yesterday.
2: I can't hear any more of your lies, true oh, My name
0: is Vincent, right? Vincent. Vincent Anton Freeman, and I'm a faith birth or a degenerate, whatever you want to call it. But I am not a murderer.
2: You're a godchild.
0: But we do have one thing in common. Only I don't have 20 or 30 years left in mine. Mine is already 10,000
2: beats overdue. It's
1: not possible. I'm going to stop uh, her career for just a brief moment to talk about uh, her personal life real quick. Mm, mm. Um, So she was married once prior to this, which I think most people don't realize. Yeah. So on the set of State of Grace, which is not a film that she's in, she met Gary Oldman and they (sighs) married in
0: 1990. (sighs) If you can just like, I yeah. Every fucking time I learn something about Gary Oldman, I'm just like, Ugh, this asshole. Yeah.
1: And then they divorced in '92. I don't know much about their relationship, but me either. I'm assuming not great. In May, in May of 1998, she marries Ethan Hawke, who she had just met on the set of Gattaca. Mm-hmm. Uh, they worked together clearly fell in love he writes a novel named ash wednesday and dedicates it to karuna which if you remember is her middle name uh they have two children together daughter maya who was born in 1998 and son levon who was born in 2002 and they separated in 2003 and their divorce was finalized in 2005 to my knowledge to my memory of this and i think both of these people are seemingly well-adjusted people, that divorce was very messy. And I remember it getting very carried out in media.
2: Blaming anybody doesn't make you feel better. Yeah, And when you have two children, I think that uh, that's such a priority to protect them and to never lose sight of the fact that even if you're in a fight or even if things are going badly, it's in their best interest that everybody comes out okay
0: it was difficult for both of them first of all they're very famous actors who are working a lot which i think is hard on like any actor you know any parent any spouse but also at the time it was 2004 2005 height i would say of horrible uh, paparazzi tabloid journalism stuff for our generation um and yeah especially because Uma looks the way she does, and Ethan looks the way he does, I think it was just the perfect fodder, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's easy to say hot celebrities are fucking everyone, and cheating, and making scandalous shit, but like, the truth is, they were people in love who, uh, you know, had a family, and it just didn't work out. And that's fine. And I think they are, um, you know, st- are still parents to some kids who are growing up as well, just as they can be, and, um, yeah, I just it probably wasn't as scandalous as we made it out to be.
1: Probably not, uh, but I will say her next film, 1997's mm. Batman and Robin. 97
0: is, was a real <laughs> banger yeah. year for her. She got Gattaca and Batman, Batman and Robin.
1: Robin could not be more different of a role from Gattaca either. I know because I know. baby Joel Schumacher casts her and is instantly like you're a drag queen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mama you're a drag queen uh,
1: like that look at the end of the movie she has when she has both the red oh. eyebrows and the green eye like yeah 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 um what is there to say about batman and robin batman and robin is a candy colored kids cartoon mm-hmm. toy commercial uh, yeah. starring george it's... clooney as batman and chris o'donnell is everybody's gay awakening robin yeah yeah, um uh, she plays Pamela Eisley, who becomes Poison Ivy, and every Poison Ivy action
0: figure comes complete with Bane. Yes, Bane, an exit, please. <laughs> the, uh, I I rewatched the movie, and I was like, "Why do I know all these lines?" Yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck?
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> plays Mister Freeze and gets top billing. That I, I still cannot believe.
0: That is wild. I don't know especially over George Clooney mm-hmm. which to me and not because George Clooney's Batman but it's because it's fucking George Clooney but I guess I in my brain probably because Arnold is like a bigger international cell maybe. Yeah.
1: I don't fucking know. I mean know. also George Clooney at the time was like ER
0: George Clooney. So like ER George Clooney. Right, right, right. Right, right. Um but yeah, I I don't know why people don't like this movie. This movie is incredible. <laughs> this movie is amazing. This movie is the moment and she just delivered and it's i was rewatching uh, re-watching it i was like for everything that alicia silverstone is not giving yeah because <laughs> alicia silverstone as bad girl is just giving neutrella the entire time she said i don't get the assignment um for every wrong choice that alicia makes fucking <laughs> uma makes the right one <laughs> like holy shit oh uncle alfred yeah, he's not. He's not sick. He's dying. <laughs> yeah, I learned judo at school, and they don't like that. Um. You ride.
1: I was <laughs> like, I fast forwarded through the uh, the dirt bike scene. I was like, no thanks, I'm, <laughs> no, thank I'm good you. enough for this. I have said several times that I think Batman and Robin is a is a slightly better, for much of a mess as it is, a slightly better movie than Batman Forever because Batman Forever is trying to straddle two worlds, and as I like to say, is a film in the closet. And mm. Batman and Robin is out and proud, <laughs>
0: honey. This is a movie worth poison ivy, who famously her most like. When you think of Poison Ivy, what's her deal? She fucking controls plants. That's yeah. her fucking deal. And this movie, her controlling plants is literally like them opening curtains of plants. Yeah. You know, like, I was like, but it somehow fucking works. I don't care. All <laughs> she mean- does is blow dust and kiss boys. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dream.
1: The dream. My, I love when she goes to fight Batgirl at the end and her big weapon is a small knife. And, and she then she herself. checks herself out in it. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. When will your faves? When uh, will your faves?
1: Some people have referred to this film as the worst film ever made. Idiots. Uh, Idiots.
0: But the Houston
1: Chronicle remarked that Thurman, quote, sometimes seems to be doing Mae West by way of Jessica Rabbit. So, like, a huge compliment.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yes. I mean, and she fucking nails it. Like, if anyone understood the assignment, it was Uma.
2: Why not send Junior home early? I've got some wild oats to sow. On the other hand, youth does have its advantages. Endurance. Stamina. Forget the geriatric bat. Come join me. My garden needs tending.
1: The next thing she does is 1998's Les Misérables. Not a song to be heard in that movie. But she also stars as the British secret agent Emma Peel in the aforementioned The Avengers in 1998 with Ray Fiennes. Uh, They look so
0: good together. They they do look so so good good together. And
1: she looks good in the outfit. And that's about where it ends for her as Emma Peel. She's so bad as Emma Peel. She's completely miscast. It's, you know, it's one of those things where just, like, you you really wish somebody yeah.
0: else. I I mean, it, like we said earlier, it looks atrocious. Yeah. I mean, this was... And which is wild, because, like, Batman and Robin, I think, looks incredible. Like, yeah. Like, the scene where they're falling out of the sky and shit, I was like, oh, this is, like, really intense graphics for, like, what was that, 98? 97. You know, in 98 you get the avengers and like it's very graphics heavy very you know and it, but it looks horrible i mean this was to give them some credit i guess like this was the time when people were like figuring out how to use like cgi and shit but right. it was it I, th- she needed some time to cook that movie was not <laughs> ready to come out when it came out to what do you attribute your overachievements
2: my father always wanted a boy. Oh, really?
0: I failed to see the connection.
2: I had a feeling you would. So did he.
1: She does go back to the stage. She stars in a classic stage company's update of Molière's *The Misanthrope*, uh, as well as doing the Woody Allen film *Sweet and Low Down*. And actually, in at this time, Peter Jackson approaches her. Remember, this is still '98, so the, these these movies were made later but she's approached by peter jackson
0: to play is it eowyn i don't fucking know i'm not a lord of the rings bitch <laughs> eowyn I, uh, eowyn owen I, I think it's i think it's eowyn
1: um mm-hmm. eowyn she's the one who kills the Nazgul ghoul in the movie she's like i'm no man rips off her mask stabs her. yep yep and Uma Thurman considers this the worst decision
0: she's ever made by turning the role down. Yeah, she's like, I'm. I just had a baby. I don't really feel like going anywhere, or doing anything. Um, which honestly, a do nothing bitch, we stand. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, she also in 2000 she narrated the John Moran opera "Book of the Dead" for the Public Theater, and she does a couple historical dramas. She does "The Golden Bowl" in 2000, which is an adaptation of a Henry James novel and she does Vital in 2001 she stars in Richard Linklater's tape if you listen to a Richard Linklater episode I fucking love that movie also another performance that I think she finds a way to even though it is very stagey because it all takes place in one hotel room and it's all shot on handheld cameras and is from a play I think she finds a way to balance that theatricality and realism and i i think it's not an easy thing to do when it's you know it's all shot in real time it's all you know there's clearly edits but it's it's literally just three characters it's her and ethan hawk and robert sean leonard and it's this it's this movie about a filmmaker who comes back to town and his friend who's a firefighter slash drug dealer like gets gets him into this hotel room basically to enact a sort of revenge because he thinks that robert sean leonard's filmmaker character raped uma thurman when they were in high school together and uma thurman was ethan Hawke's girlfriend at the time and now she's a prosecuting attorney and he's invited her to the hotel room as like a a surprise
2: I couldn't believe you just called me like that out of the blue this morning. Yeah? No, no, I actually love it when people do that.
1: Really?
2: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's just I, I don't have the courage to do that kind of thing, and it just. <laughs> well, I just figured, what the hell, you know? I didn't know you lived out here. And if you had?
0: <laughs> I'm probably one of those people who don't have the courage. You think? It's hard to say.
2: It is. I mean, it is hard. I mean, half the time, it's not even worth it, you know? People change. They end up having nothing to say to each other, even if they were best friends a year before. Can we
0: find tape anywhere? Or is this shit just out there in the wilderness?
1: Currently, it's on the Criterion channel, because they have all of Richard Linklater's movies for the month. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right,
0: well, Criterion girlies, let's go.
1: Absolutely. Um, She also stars in... 2002 in the hbo cable film hysterical blindness which is also directed by a previous subject of ours which is mira Nair. that was the film she made directly after monsoon wedding and made for millions of dollars and it's a small film about a woman dating Mm -hmm. versus monsoon wedding which is this big film yeah made made for no money
0: yeah exactly uh
1: i i like hysterical blindness i know you were kind of you were wishy-washy on it yeah yeah but I, I think it's a lot of fun. It's her and Gina Rollins and Juliette Lewis and Ben Gazzara. I think Gina Rollins and Ben Gazzara are my favorite part of it.
0: Ready? Ready?
1: But really, the next big thing, the thing that you've all been waiting for, the thing that you've come to the circus mm-hmm. to talk about is 2003's Kill Bill. Yeah. So she reteams with Quentin Tarantino to play the assassin.
0: <laughs> Should I bleep that out? Bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you give that away? <laughs> the bride. Uh, she's,
1: <laughs> she is out for revenge against her former lover and the team of assassins that he led. And yeah, it's a fun romp. I don't know. I just yeah. watched The Whole Bloody Affair, which is both films condensed together. Well, not really condensed. It's the full thing uh, <laughs> with alternate takes and, and you know, no separation. And I don't know. It's so cartoony and so I don't know I just think it's a lot of fun
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I mean like it's again the style the style is incredible Um, I think Uma is firing on all cylinders Uh, her athleticism she's funny also like there is comedy here even though it is blood soaked and brutal
2: in the case of Kill Bill I was uh sort of, we knew each other, it was many years later, and I got to be like a first front-line reader. Like, he, would, he writes in felt-tip pens, in red and black, and, you know, he'd hand me a pile of paper. And, you know, I would, uh, usually, uh, some of this stuff was just so out there, it's not even in the movie. And my way of sort of communicating was, I'd be like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> ah. Hmm.
1: She claimed that uh her main inspiration for a role was Pam Greer in the movie Co- in the movie Coffee and Gina Rollins from the movie Gloria. And but you know Quentin Tarantino she got pregnant and mm-hmm. Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino refused to recast. The movie itself took mi- took 9 months to shoot. There is a very famous car accident that occurred on the set uh, that was pressured by Quentin Tarantino for her to drive this this car on this sandy road 40 miles an hour. She crashed Uh, it both injured her leg and her neck, and it took her 15 years to even get Quentin Tarantino to give her the footage so she could,
0: you know, see what had happened right yeah and like i i guess we'll get into it later or now i don't fucking know um quentin tarantino makes all his movies with with fucking harvey weinstein um right. you know a, a lot of the movies that she does make were with miramax and she uh in the new york times talks about how she was she has been raped um before and this was not just before her um career but uh she also said that Harvey did attack her um, on on
1: multiple occasions.
0: Yeah. Led her into like, she said that everywhere he was, there was always like chambers inside of chambers in rooms, in rooms, um, but that she was there in a meeting and he was, came out in his fucking bathrobe and attacked her, tried to push himself on her and that she basically fought him off. And um, he later would send, I think it was on the set of Kill Bill. I I I could be wrong, but sent sent her a bouquet of roses, and she said she
1: I think that was earlier because she had told Quentin Tarantino what had happened. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And he brushed
0: it off. Well, yeah, she was like, "You need to fucking talk to him." Um, and she, uh, long story fucking short, it's awful, disgusting. She says that by the time uh, Kill Bill came around, she thought that you know she probably aged out of um his desires or which, whatever which
1: is gross
0: but which is super gross and yeah. she talks about how she's so ashamed and sorry that you know because of her career and because of the films she made if, if in any way she made it more accept- acceptable or accessible for other young women who were coming up behind her um and and making these movies and wanted to make movies like her in, in this company and i i i can't demand to imagine the anguish you know yeah. like uh, first of all none of this is her fault She's a fucking badass and fuck Harvey. I mean, Um,
1: there's that very famous moment where somebody had asked her before all this came out what her thoughts were. And she was very angry.
2: I don't have a tidy soundbite for you because I have learned I am not a child. And I have learned that when I've spoken in anger... I usually regret the way I express myself. So I've been waiting to feel less angry. And when I'm ready, I'll say what I have to say.
1: And post that, she said, you know, it wasn't anger. It was that she was stealing herself so as not to cry because
0: these things had happened to her. Yeah, she didn't know how to even express you know that and and my god like i, I she, and she'd been holding on to this for that fucking long you know she had never spoken out about this it was truly until the me too movement you know and and so think about that like it's 1998 or whatever well 2003 when kill Bill comes out yeah but like before that and navigating this career you know pulp fiction and all this stuff it's and she's fucking dealing with this shit and Uh, you know and then even to get to kill bill and she's in this fucking accident her marriage is falling apart but ethan hawk comes out because she's in the fucking hospital um and ethan hawk has to fucking tell quentin what the fuck yeah you like as a friend as a director you have failed on multiple levels she told you uh, over and over again she wanted a stunt person to this and like it took her fucking husband to tell quentin like you fucking asshole like she is an actress. She is not a fucking stunt driver.
1: Right. And she said the only, she's one of the only few people who ever got any sort of apology, which is not to say anything good, but any sort of apology from Harvey Weinstein. And that was only because the second time something had happened and she right. had told Quentin Tarantino about it, he like said something to Harvey. Right. right. And that Harvey was like, a puppy dog ashamed or whatever and, it, Fuck and it's, off. and it's frustrating because the common denominator in all of these stories is that men only apologize when other men confront them about it yeah and are yeah. not listening to this yeah. woman and this yeah. is a person who in 2005 could ask for 12.5 million dollars to be in a movie and yeah. couldn't
0: get the respect of the men around her yeah it's it's it says something like fucking Quentin Tarantino, though, also who like his alleged muse. Yeah. He's putting her in danger literally with this fucking car accident, but also and, like, and telling it,
1: her things like if you don't do it right, we'll have to
0: do it again. I will make you do it again. Yeah. It's like what the like I it's infuriating. She, you know, she's been in this industry for so long, already at this point in 2005. She already been in this for so long, had proven herself as an actress, as a bankable star, like, how much more, like, credibility and, like, things you need to be fucking safe in this industry? Like, what the fuck? It's, it's psychotic. So, post-Kill Bill and, and all of its accolades
1: and all of its, you know, she ends up getting nominated for two Golden Globes for both entries because the film is separated into two parts. So, 2003, 2004. So, the next couple of things she does, I feel like she is sort of riding that wave of... Of just fame. She does the Get Shorty sequel Be Cool with John Travolta, which is pretty much a disaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, She then stars in the romantic comedy Prime with Meryl Streep. Uh, She plays a divorced businesswoman who starts dating. Oh my god! Do you like the? No,
0: I love Prime. No, Ah! (laughs) I do. I do. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, I'm gonna get through
1: this real quick. Then she's a divorced woman who starts dating a 23 year old man, and then finds out that her therapist is his conservative Jewish mother.
0: Yeah, Um, I had the DVD. Wow. I watched it a lot in high school. Uh, directors' commentary, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, it probably had to do a lot with me, just like obsessing over Brian Greenberg and how aggressively hot he was. But um, I also liked, spoiler alert, the this movie. They don't end up together, you know. Yes. Like they, they, they. It, it was a, one of the few times I saw a movie where it wasn't like, and then they end up together, and it's everything's all fine. It really is. Both of them deciding. We need to make the best choices for each other and ourselves, and that is to not be together. And I was like, for me at the time, I was like, wow, that's fucking deep for a rom-com. I think it's kind of a silly rom-com. I I will say, one of my problems with it is that the movie focuses so much
1: on Brian Greenberg, but... I think he's the only tolerable character, because honestly, and like I know Uma Thurman's character is like best friends with a bunch of gays and everything, but (laughs) if you were to tell me that every single one of these characters secretly voted for Trump and then lied about it, I'd be like, yeah, correct. Wow.
0: Okay, I will say I did not rewatch it, and I'm very horrified to uh, uh, rewatch it and and realize that they are secret Trump MAGA heads or something. They have an entire conversation about the O'Reilly factor. Like
1: oh, good i mean <laughs> what year
0: was this 2005 um i yeah I, I will say like the odds were great for music and nothing else <laughs> <laughs> she also
1: stars in 2005 three movies one year in the producers mm-hmm. the the musical remake matthew broderick nathan lane she plays ula Mm-hmm. who's a Swedish actress. Oh la la. Uh, it's funny. I saw an interview with her where the interviewer was like, "Well, your mother was Swedish." And she's like, "This is not my mother's Swedish. This is <laughs> this is Mel Brooks, Swedish." Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh this was a role originally that went to Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman had to back out and Uma Thurman took over the role. And I do think it's funny because she eventually then went on to to guest star on Smash and the whole joke was that she couldn't sing. But yeah, she yeah. but she clearly can. She, if she got it flaunted. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a fun role. The producers is messy, but I did recently find out that Mel Brooks said that the only reason that they even did the movie version of the musical was to basically have a recording of record of the musical. Like and so they don't, and so there's was,
0: no original Broadcast like Broadway.
1: I'm, I'm sure there is, but they're harder to get. Like this is yeah. mass, mass market, right? So, because I agree, it doesn't really, and maybe it's the Susan Stroman of it all who directed it, who also directed the stage show. It doesn't work as a, or it doesn't. It just doesn't look like a movie.
2: Mister Bloom, we are all alone. Yes, we are, aren't we? Why, Bloom, go so far, camera right? Bloom, no like Ula. Ula like Bloom. Oh, oh, Bloom like Ula. All right, uh, maybe a little too much. Good. I'm glad.
0: It's it's a hot, campy mess, and but I think it's fun. There's a lot of fun in it. Oh, there's so much fun
1: in it, and like I think, you know, I I've thought this for a very long time. Mel Brooks is the only person who can get away with jokes that in anybody else's hands would be so homophobic. Huh,
0: honey, honey, <laughs> make it gay? Make it gay? Uh, uh, <sighs> Roger wow. Bart in the, the like
1: he's having a stroke of genius. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Roger Bart who is famously a womanizer, like straight, but he, he's 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 our best straight who plays gay. In 2006, she stars opposite
1: Luke Wilson in the rom-com My Super Ex-Girlfriend. Yikes-aroni. In 2007, she stars in The Life Before Her Eyes, which is a movie based off a best-selling novel about a woman who survives a school shooting. And it flashes back and forth between her younger self, played by Evan Rachel Wood during that time, and her adult self. In 2008, she does the rom-com The Accidental Husband with Colin Firth and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, she played- this is the
0: era of those fucking yeah. rom-coms where it's like, What's going on here? Is, is, there are nothing movies. Like,
1: yeah, it's... I will say, I like The Accidental Husband more than I like Prime. Oh! <laughs> it's. Turn I off mean, the mic. Cut the mics, deadass. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. Je- the, the main plot is that, like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan knows a hacker kid who, like, <laughs> makes... Makes them married, like hacks into the marriage database. Right. So she's That's married. That's how that works. Yeah. So she's married to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and she's engaged to Colin Firth, and has to figure out how to get un like un her marriage, uh, her marriage that didn't exist a day ago, annulled, so she can marry Colin Firth, and ends up falling in love with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I think everything in this movie except for that plot
0: is very cute, uh, but and everything I, except the plot, <laughs> but but jeffrey I mean, people truly didn't know how the internet worked back then yeah it no, says in the internet it says <laughs> we're married we're but, married Sargurly. but jeffrey dean morgan is a complete sociopath
1: in that film and nobody should want to end up with him i mean it's yeah it's fluff it's absolute fluff
2: what i want is a rather large stack of papers that i need you to sign you got them right here you do you made my day coffee thank you you know, I know a notary not far from here. Right now? So I just had this appointment. It took me three months to get. Yeah,
0: that sounds important.
2: It is. It's a cake tasting.
0: Like I said, important stuff.
2: It's the wedding cake. And she's Marilyn Hirschfield. She's a very respected cake maker. These appointments are very hard. I love cake. What are you, what are you doing? Well, scoot
0: over. No, hey!
1: She then uh, does a cameo in Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Lightning Thief, as Medusa. Cute. Hot. I, I buy it. <laughs> um... In 2011, she was a member of the jury for the main competition of the Cannes Film Festival. uh, And her only film that year was Ceremony, which only got released on VOD and select theaters after an initial screening at 2010's Toronto International Film Festival. I saw this movie when it came out, and I'd forgotten that I saw it. But that's not to say that I don't like it, which is funny, because I rewatched it for this and was pleasantly surprised how much I really liked it. I watched it. It's... I mean, the main character's the most, Crazy. Yeah, cr- cr- the, yeah, the most annoying creature ever, but I thought she's very good in it. I think this is one of the ones where, surprisingly, Max Winkler, a young film director, got like a really grounded performance from her.
2: How did you see this ending? Quick, Sam, tell me your amazing plan. What's our move? Should I go upstairs and pack a suitcase, jump into your friend's station wagon and run away with you to a one-bedroom apartment? I'm sure you can provide for the little ones and me with all the money you've made from your wildly successful children's stories. Better yet, why don't we hop on a whale together and go live under the sea? I can see you really thought this through.
1: 2012. She does Bella me opposite Rob Pattinson and the movie with a, great cast by the way because also Kristen scott thomas christina ricci mm-hmm. um just doesn't work because of robert pattinson which is unfortunate and that's not to say anything bad about him i just don't think he's right for the role fair um and then oh,
2: i
0: saw I, I saw playing for keeps oh did you i did and she's barely in it but and it's yeah, not a good no role. I,
1: I i saw it too it's really bad Oh, I forgot it. I forgot that I saw it. Yeah, I already forgot that I saw it because that's the one that has Gerard Butler in it, and I block most things with Gerard Butler out of my brain. Wow. Yeah, he's so bad. I do stop trying to make him happen. She's also in movie forty three. Listen, every time we do one of these movies with a person, movie forty three, we're gonna tell you they're in it, and then we're gonna tell you nothing about it because nobody should yeah, see that nope. movie, and neither of us have. Nope.
0: This, this is like a time in her career. Where- it's like where it's what's going on. Where are we going? What's happening, babe? Um, and so much so that New
1: York Daily News, uh, in her review of Ceremony, Elizabeth Weitzman said she gets stuck in so many small undeserving projects. One has to wonder who's mapping out her career. And first of all, I don't think Ceremony is undeserving. I do like her in Ceremony quite a lot. But I will say, I think people forget that she is a person with children. Yeah, And she has said many times in many interviews that she slowed, quote unquote, slowed down so she could spend time and raise her children. Now, the reason I say, quote unquote, slowed down, she's still making like three yeah. movies a year or sometimes just one movie a year. But that's enough. Yeah, And so I think she doesn't fully. It's not that she doesn't understand that, you know, that making a movie is still work but (laughs) it's we we've covered other actors before who have taken off years to raise their children and i think she's somebody who just needs to work and therefore takes these smaller projects that she knows she's only gonna have to do like two or three weeks of filming on and then can sustain herself and her kids
0: i feel like it's it reminds me a lot of uh Anne Hathaway Um, you know like we're always like kind of like where is she going what is she doing she's in this kind of like weird transitional part of her career and I think as we continue on with Uma they kind of are in the same lane now and and kind of drifting towards more TV things and um, and you know like I think Uma has a family um, and is like you know yeah I'll do a TV project here a little indie there isn't really needing or like wanting, or is gonna like take a chance on like, you know, something that she doesn't really care about that's gonna take like a couple months out of her time. Like she's like, no, nah, not really into that right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um and I and I wonder because I will say Uma, we, we're seeing a lot of Uma now and more things. And I think it's probably because her kids are growing up yeah, yeah. Her kids are adults or some of them are adults some yeah of i was gonna say school. she
1: does she still has like a 10 year old kid but but like none of them are in that infant stage obviously i mean her her daughter even acts now but we'll we'll get into that you know as you said you know she does a lot of tv but first she she does the Lars von trier films she does nymphomaniac and the house that jack built um she does the the cheap indie the con is on with tim roth she goes and does smash she does the nbc miniseries the slap uh she also decided to make her broadway debut she was in the parisian woman which used to be right around the corner from where we both used to work and i would see the marquee all the time and i was like i should go see that and never did but she did 141 performances of wow wow great so you know it's not like she was you know yeah not working and that's what i think is funny that she's like talks about you know like oh i'm taking time off for my kids and it's like well you're still you're still working you know she's a working mom
0: yes absolutely
1: in 2018 she did down a dark hall for rodrigo cortez i saw this on hbo max and i thought it was fine it's like a kid's thriller oh not like a teen's thriller it's based off a lois duncan novel the woman that wrote the um i know what you did last summer Okay. and it's like supernaturally she plays the the house mother of a private boarding school that like five young juvenile women get sent to and there's something mysterious going on all the girls suddenly can start doing artistic things that they couldn't before one becomes really artistic good. things yeah one one of them can paint and she starts signing her paintings <laughs> tc and one of them can suddenly play the piano and starts composing music as somebody else and yeah, it's, it's it's spooky-ooky, but it's like teeny fair. So
0: Yeah, I was like, it's really spooky. I can play piano now. It's fucking crazy. Well, there's the twist.
1: Okay. Okay. okay <laughs> I'm just trying try not to give it away.
0: Um, she okay. Was, she was,
1: okay. She was in the Netflix horror series, Chambers, um, as well as... Uh, the Apple TV thriller *Suspicion*, which I heard that she's like barely in, even though her face was in all the press materials. Right. I read the press like reaction was just like Uma is so underused in this. What the fuck? Yeah. She also reteams with De Niro to play his daughter. Which I think is weird after having played his love interest um, in The War with Grandpa. This movie was filmed in 2017, but it was made for the Weinstein Company and all the yeah. stuff that happened went down. So it eventually wasn't even released until 2021. And it actually became like one of the few COVID successes because it was like a family movie that came out at the right time that people could go yeah. see. sure. But it's very silly, Billy, and I was not a big fan. And currently she's playing Ariana Huffington on the TV show Super Pumped, uh, which with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. That's an odd choice. I watched a trailer because I'm not going to sit down and watch that show (laughs) with her as Ariana. And I was like, does she have the
2: accent? When I look at you, I can see that you belong here. I know you are, Miss Huffington. Uh, Ariana.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I am not an Apple TV person, um, but I'm happy she's working. And uh, yeah, I it's it's to me it's kind of a bummer that she, like the last movie that has come out with her is this war on Grandpa stuff or the war with Grandpa because um, I want more Uma in my life. <laughs>
1: um, she has garnered many of accolades sexiest woman all that stuff she was also knighted in the order of arts and letters for france and that's like a that's a big deal for an actor to get yeah so that's fucking nice. good for her um obviously i mentioned the fallout boy song <laughs> i love when the today show asked her about it is she says it's very like unbelievably polite and gracious of them to ask to use my name so sweet i'm happy for their big success <laughs> So I mean, it, it says it to me like she's never heard it <laughs> like, she's
0: like lovely band beautiful yeah. <laughs> gowns <laughs>
1: exactly boy
0: yes i love them <laughs> um in
1: 2007 she began dating Arpad pad busan who's a, a london-based french financer um they got engaged in 2008 called it off in 2009 reconciled Called off their engagement again in 2014, uh, but they did have a daughter born in 2012. And in 2017, they went to custody hearings about their child, in which Uma Thurman has primary physical custody. I did also want to mention that she has been the target of a stalker, uh, the same stalker, from 2004 to 2011. He was arrested in 2007 and following a trial in which Thurman herself testified as a witness. He was convicted of stalking, he was sentenced to three years probation, and then he was arrested again in 2010 on charges of violating a restraining order by attempting to contact her. He pleaded guilty in November of 2011 after spending 11 months in jail in lieu of bail and was released with time served. Uh, in terms of our activism and political views, she's a big dem. She supports gun control laws. She's spoken out against human rights abuses, against abuses for LGBT civil rights. When asked about gay marriage, she said, we're actually fighting for a conservative value, the right to make a lifelong commitment to someone you love, which I think is funny, putting Green. it in, in words that conservatives can fucking understand. Right. Um, she's big on on protecting the animals. This past year in September 2021, uh, Thurman wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post criticizing the Texas Heartbeat Act, uh, the essentially an abortion ban that went into effect earlier that month. She called the law, quote, human rights crisis for American women and discussed her experience having an abortion as a teenager after being, quote, accidentally impregnated by a much older man. She described the abortion as, quote, the hardest decision of my life, but maintained that it allowed me to grow up and become the
0: mother I wanted and needed to be. I just so, can't imagine fucking, like, having an abortion is such a personal private decision and for her to come out and talk about it and like, and not only just talk about it, but like talking about how it happened and how she got pregnant, like no one should have to do that. And so I applaud her um, in this fucking never ending fight for people to make their own fucking decisions about their body. But also like I,
1: once again, you're right. It's all incredibly private. And, but I do I, I do think it is important for for women who are in the capacity to share that to yeah. talk about it, you know, yeah. to to destigmatize
0: it and yeah, talk because about fucking, it cuz fucking people are stupid and they yeah. need queens like Uma to let them know that it is totally normal and fine and okay. Absolutely. But
1: that wraps up Uma Thurman's career to date. So why don't we get into our one star reviews and talk about her roles that we maybe don't like so much.
0: my one star review and again like you know there there are a lot of movies where she perhaps did a little misstep um but I, my one star review is 2006's my super ex girlfriend um this movie i feel like is what people thought my crazy ex girlfriend was going to be and like <laughs> every fucking horrible cliche about women And, you know, someone was like, I can just imagine the Hollywood pitch of this of like, you know how bitches be crazy? What if she was like a superhero and like wanted to fuck you up? Like, I, I never seen this movie before. Um, I remember when it came out, though, and I remember, you know, the marketing materials of her being a superhero, even though she looked literally just like a woman. Yeah, it's, and even in the movie, she's like, "It's me," and it's like, "It's just her as blonde," and she's wearing a skirt. I don't which, understand. Which I get, I get the idea that that's like the
1: Superman thing that he wears glasses and. But also, like, she should have a fucking costume. Yeah, she's gonna be give a her super- a costume.
0: Give her a costume. Um, but okay, so literally, this movie is just <sighs> Uma Thurman is G girl, uh, never explained, never explained. Uh, she, I don't know, touches a meteorite, becomes powerful whatever and yep, she's boobs. just guess yes um and don't, she's don't just, forget that once again written by a man mm-hmm. <laughs> she just uh directed by Ivan Reitman yeah i'm just shaking my head cuz like what the fuck um rip <laughs> um and uh, luke wilson is just like kind of luke wilsoning about playing luke wilson yeah. which is great I'm, I'm not mad um and he decides to hit on uh uma thurman and they're dating turns out she's kind of like a little bit of a psycho and g-girl and she he breaks up with her because he's actually in love with anna faris who is works in his office she's very possessive very kind of controlling after their breakup she like throws a shark at him basically is trying to ruin his life i also, uh, don't think sharks are that dangerous when you remove them from water. Correct. But- <laughs> I was like, if you threw a shark at me, I'd just be like, okay, I moved out of the way, and the shark's hanging out on the floor. It's fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Um, it's just very incredibly sexist. Uh, Eddie Izzard's also in it as the quote bad guy slash whatever, I don't understand. Um she has all the best dialogue in the movie, and I, I
1: almost guarantee that she improved it all. Oh yeah. I mean Anna Ferris is a star, is, is amazing. Oh, but like, I, was, I was talking about Eddie Izzard because she oh, she changed Yeah,
0: she changed her pronouns in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. But a, a lot of this movie just doesn't make sense, is so horribly sexist. I think Uma f- fails on every part of this movie. I I don't think she looks or feels particularly super, but I don't think the script allows her to be. I think uh, no one could play this role because this role is nothing. This role is asking this person to be dumpy frumpy, uh, as uh, when she's not in her superhero gig orama, but also just like completely an awful person. Like humans don't behave this way. Um, and then when she is G-Girl, she's annoyed that she has to be G-Girl. She's annoyed that she has to save the day all the time. She doesn't want to. It's, there is nothing, there is nothing super about this movie. There is no fun in this movie. It's just sad, snoozeville, and offensive.
2: You're sleeping with her,
0: aren't you? I am not sleeping with her. But I'm you joking. want to! Jenny, now hold on a second, okay? Fire!
1: You're such a liar! I am not a
0: liar, all right? You wanna know the truth? It's not Hannah, okay? It's you. You're needy, you're jealous, you're manipulative. I can't take it anymore. It's crazy! Don't call me
2: crazy!
1: I, I guess I should just pull the band-aid off and say this is also my one star review. My oh my god, score, wow. It's so bad. It's so sexist and so offensive. I had seen it before, and I didn't remember enough of it to to go in without I I thought it might be my one star review, and I did not remember enough to it of it to go in without rewatching it, and I'm so mad that I did because it is it's so genuinely bad, and it's exactly everything that you just said. And One of the things, and maybe this is a different movie, but the movie never lays the groundwork for why she is the way she is, because she is psychotic in this film. And what it does is it reminds me of all those people that say, like, a woman couldn't be president because they'd be too emotional. And that's where this, it comes from that place where it's like, a woman couldn't have superpowers. She'd be too emotional. And Isn't Rain Wilson in this movie? Is he the oh best my friend? Oh, God, God. Yeah. Why? And he's so terrible. And and on top of all the sexism, every joke that Rain Wilson, almost every joke that Rain Wilson has, is gay panic. Is like, yeah. oh, my God. What if we like touch dicks or something? Yeah. You're and not turning gay on me, man. Are you? It's just like, why? Like, why? Like, all of this comedy is overwrought. It's it's out of place. Like, this movie wouldn't have been funny in the 80s. Yeah, and, no. But it's, it's all that sort of base humor. And it's really frustrating. And like you said, I think a lot of it does rest on Uma. And I don't want to completely give her the blame because clearly there's not a character that's written. But she also never developed one. Right. And so I think maybe there will be some modicum, some reason to watch this film... If there was a personality that made sense for G-Girl. But even when they go back and explain her origin of her in high school or college or whatever, like discovering this meteor and getting these powers and Eddie Izzard becoming incredibly jealous of her because of all the attention she was getting, it, it it's it's all male fantasy and it, it yeah and sh- there's nothing deeper than that and it's really frustrating so I completely agree my super ex-girlfriend very deserving of a one-star review yeah it's 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 also disappointing' when, like
0: why did Uma take this like I, right. I, and, I and it's for well, someone who for someone who's making so many like kind of kooky weird decisions and like doing at least even if it's a bad movie it's an interesting <laughs> thing this is a very much like go girl give me nothing like i i can't i can't believe anyone would read the script and be like yes sign me up
1: and it's one of those things where like 2006 wasn't even a like a crazy time ton- like there were a lot of superhero movies but it was sort of disparate all over the place you had like the the ghost riders of the world and the daredevils yeah. of the world and and you know i th- i think post iron man coming out in 2007 i don't think this movie would have ever even gotten made so but i agree yeah
2: it's
0: it's 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 almost like they were trying to ride some coattails of like superhero movie stuff before it really like took off uh but and what's fucked up is like we have scott pilgrim (laughs) like you know like this the idea of this is out there and it is executed well but like this movie is just like the straight horrible version of that
1: yeah it's so frustrating
0: i will say that this movie also has some very weird editing i posted on instagram where they're like he's checking oh, yeah, out her the- ass he's checking out her ass and it's like an ass shot and her skirt is so short and then they cut to the full frame and anna Ferris's skirt is like almost I'm knee length. it's knee
1: length yeah were there any other films that you saw that you didn't particularly like do you need to unfurl the list
0: <laughs> i mean i oh, sh- I, I saw um like I said that Gerard Butler thing which was very yeah, playing for keeps uh, playing for keeps. Imagine assembling all those women, those great actresses and just like relegating them to like spiraling out of control over fucking Gerard Butler like okay. <laughs> it's like he's a flop soccer player who's I, I don't enough. Enough. I think the ones that I would have
1: to really I think a couple of the first movies she did the the kiss daddy Nights of it all the johnny b goods of it all i we i didn't even mention the where the heart is which is a, a movie she did that's not the natalie portman movie that's like she's a, a rich girl whose father kicks them out and then like it's a whole fairy tale thing and it's really bad uh, and did you see a month by the lake i did also really bad
0: and yeah I, I was like who is this movie for <laughs>
1: also hilarious that 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 movie ends it's it's her and um uh vanessa redgrave vanessa redgrave fighting over a man and then the funny thing is is uma thurman doesn't even actually want this old man yes and but what makes it even better is the movie's set four years before World War II and the end narration is like and then we spent every summer for the rest of our lives going to the lake and I was like every summer was the rest of your lives just four years World War II is coming
0: (laughs) all those fucking (laughs) movies were like the war What people think we're going to war but whatever (laughs) like I'm like what the fuck were people talking like this like what the fuck Um, Uh, yeah I didn't like that movie (laughs) and also Prime but uh (laughs) (sighs) Honey, these reviews, they're
1: mixed. They're mixed. Uh, All right, let's get out of our one-star reviews and let's go into our five-star reviews.
0: I mean, God, please. Like, how can it not be? It is 1997's Batman and Robin. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. I'm very not sorry. sorry. Don't apologize Uh, for that. This, you know, and she's talked about, like, the movie, it's, 25 years old now and she's like listen i had a ball honey like (laughs) i just imagine her and joel schumacher a key king in the corner like they're mystique and magneto just be like gayer make it gayer um i mean the
1: funny thing is is i've listened to the director's commentary for batman and robin before and joel schumacher starts by apologizing and he does his whole thing about like if a film fails it's on the director's shoulder and if it succeeds, it's everybody's success and that's how it should be. So I take full blame, but like, I really, I really believed in what I was making and I really be- tried to come in and like a serious, and then you watch the other special features and John Glover in the behind the scenes is like, yeah, in between takes Joel Schumacher would be like, remember everybody, we're making a toy commercial.
0: I, I but I, listen, I think it, this is, this movie has vision it has a perspective i think it's so fun i would absolutely rather watch this than any christopher nolan batman movie like i'm sorry i don't and and i know in the comics world there absolutely are the gritty dark whatever like and and people love that and that's fine but but
1: there is there is a place for campy i mean there there's entire decades of campy fun batman i think one of the things people have a tendency to forget is that the 1960s Batman, 66 through 69, is the only Batman that was comic book accurate to the time that it
0: existed in. So, like, there is a precedent for campiness in Batman. Yeah, and you're the one who told me, you know, Batman movies shouldn't be about Batman. They're about the villains. And, like, in this movie, Uma Thurman went to the Michelle Pfeiffer school of Batman Villainry, And... <laughs> Fucking just owns this movie from front to back. And I, I i like Arnold Schwarzenegger in this. I think he's fucking ridiculous. I think it's funny. And he I thi- knows it.
1: Like I, I think yes. the, I think the other important thing is there's there's only a couple performances in the film that I would say that they are not fully aware of the film they're in. And that's obviously the aforementioned Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. And actually I would say George Clooney. I think he makes a really good Bruce Wayne. I don't think he makes the world's best batman but, yeah. I th-
0: but i think chris o'donnell actually gets it i think uma and arnold both get it so yeah. oh yeah i mean like gavin i just don't think there will be ever a more iconic scene than her doing like the monkey sexy undressing yeah moments and like they're literally auctioning off all these like flowers and plants and they're like, and who are you, darling? And she's like, poison, poison. Eye. And, like, everyone's gagging, gagging, gagging over her. Um, it's it's just next level. And the makeup, the costumes, like, we we don't get that anymore. We really don't. And, like, you know, no shade to any of, you know... The new cat women, like lo- lovely women, but like they're just wearing like fucking, I don't know, cut out sweaters <laughs> yeah, and shit. You know. she gets costume change after costume change after yeah, every time change. you see her. Like. Every time you see her, she has new eyebrows and they're all glorious. She's got red hair that is styled up, styled down. It, it, it's just incredible. And she fucking owns it with a look. With a look. She's just, I was like, bitch, if you think Alicia Silverstone and your. Stupid Batgirl is defeating like I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Uma Thurman in this movie could look at Alicia Silverstone and this like deceased, dead. Um this movie is just so so fun. And um it it there's I don't I don't know. I don't know, I,
1: Gavin. I, I do want to give a shout out too, because as you mentioned, the gorilla strip tease and everything. But the other thing is is that Schumacher is smart. He knows his yes. film. He knows his oh, film. Yeah. In he knows never his- afraid
0: to reference or not reference.
1: Exactly, he knows his film his- history. And what he's doing is the famous blonde Venus scene from the 1932 pre code movie, starring Dietrich and Cary Grant. Previous subject of the mixed reviews, and I like. I think I think that's smart, and and maybe it's not as well done. Maybe it, uh, I will say some bits, some bits of the construction of this movie are questionable, but I bit my tongue <laughs> Which, while what, what saying parts? that. What, I, what parts? I, I I no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I think you're right to pick it, but I no no, no I, like I. I think I, I think I, there's a lot of weird editing I think there's definitely especially in the scene which they encounter her at the end I mean there's a shot in which Chris O'Donnell like pulls himself out of the water and it immediately reverses to pull him back oh, into the, yeah, okay well that's
0: like, not that's not that scene that's the scene where they're gonna they, they fight her yeah that's what right? I was talking about yeah 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 so I, so I like absolutely clocked that I was like that's literally just a rewind and fast forward situation <laughs> so,
1: so like i think i think there's issues like that all around the movie which is funny because it's such an expensive film but it does occasionally feel like
0: maybe it was a little rushed in the edit but you know
1: that's yeah, neither. yeah i
0: totally i totally agree and like yes but I'm just always stunned and amazed at the level of detail of costumes, yeah. the sets. We don't have fucking sets like this anymore. Like, yeah, they fucking have George Clooney or his stunt double probably going down a <laughs> brachiosaurus who's frozen. You know, yeah, I think and that's like, fully
1: a stunt double.
0: <laughs> you don't think that's George Clooney? Hmm. I don't
1: think it was. Um, and, and like, I mean, th- th- there's a very famous uh, phrase for all of this. It's called toyetic. And it, it is meant to sell stuff, but that's fine because that's, it like looks, I it's would love those, I w- I yes. those things if I was a kid. Like, I, yes, I, I would say buy if these I was toys
0: a kid. <laughs> as Gavin points to his entire wall. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I would rather watch this, buy this, buy the merch than, you know, sad, frumpy, angry Batman, you know, which again, no shade, like, there there's a, a place time to for that yeah but yes time but like i just don't i don't like people who like give this movie nothing especially when i think there are plenty more movies in the batman oeuvre that um are more deserving i think than like are self-serious and like just like overblown and overhyped like let's have some fun this beat is sick i want us to be together but i want to make sure you're serious about turning over a new leaf i need a sign
2: How about slippery when wet?
0: Of trust. Tell me your plan.
2: Kiss me and I'll tell you. Tell me and I'll kiss you. Freeze has taken the new telescope and turned it into a giant freezing gun. He's about to turn Gotham into an ice cube.
1: I've got to stop him.
2: One kiss, my love.
1: So my five-star you fortunately I cannot join you on the Batman and Robin train, even though I do think it's a worthy pick. Uh, as I mentioned earlier today, I re-watched both Kill Bill movies, but I watched them in the edit together that's called The Whole Bloody Affair. And like that is technically a separate entity, but I think I have to really do give it to her for Kill Bill for her role as Beatrix Kiddo. That time I won't bleep it out. And <laughs> I... It's funny, I was, I was re-reading somebody who's actually going to be a future guest gave the second movie a one star review on Letterboxd and I read the review and uh- I thought it was really thoughtful actually I'll be perfectly honest but I will say one of the points that they mentioned was that they think everything is is too thin and too like all the characters are a little but I, th- I mean I think that's the point I think, I don't think anybody's going, I I mean, I kind of hate this line of thought, but I'm going to say it out loud anyways. I don't think anybody goes to Quentin Tarantino for Shakespeare. You know, I don't think, Mm. I think that he is a talented writer when, you know, he can craft a certain amount of words and he can craft a certain amount of characters, but his thing is a visual flair. And yeah, a lot of it is reference. I mean, you want to talk about not being afraid of reference, 90% (laughs) of the movie is references, but I think he's able to sort of twist them and recon. I really don't want to be in a position to defend Tarantino, but I think he's in a <laughs> position to sort of recontextualize them. And in a way, I think Kill Bill represents one of the best sort of Tarantino Rubik's cubes where he really was able to like make all the colors match and make it all work, especially telling this narrative. And essentially, you know, it is this fantasy. It's this fantasy about bad people. Everybody in this movie is bad. Yeah, Beatrix, you know, every, every, Beatrix Kiddo is a murderer, it, yeah. And though you may be on her side and you want to see her get her revenge, I think the only moment the movie reconciles that idea is in the end, after she's completed her mission and she's crying on the floor of a hotel bathroom because, I mean, where does she go from there? Yeah, and and I think Uma injects a lot of really interesting weird choices in the movie there's times where she comes off so confident and so you know sassy and really does actually tap into that like marlena dietrich you know that fight that she has with daryl hannah <laughs> beforehand when she's like tell me i've always wanted to know girl to girl why did why he you snatch your eye out And that's, like, very, like, she's digging into that Poison Ivy territory, but then there's parts where she's, like, giddy and girl-like. I think the scene that begins the second movie, or the second half of the film, depending on which version you're watching, where Bill shows up to her wedding, and she knows he's not there for pleasantries, is so well-acted, and so... She plays the dichotomy of, I'm terrified of what this man can do, but also... I've convinced myself I'm happy and this is the life I'm going to live. Why are you here?
2: Last look. Are you going to be nice? I've never been nice my whole life. But I'll do my best to be sweet. I always told you your sweet side is your best side. I guess that's why you're the only
0: one who's ever
1: seen it. It's interesting because we both essentially picked comic book movies and they're both base form because this is a comic book fantasy. This you know, it's this movie told in chapters all about revenge. It's there's references to old wuxia movies, there's references to old Japanese films in it, there is an entire animated sequence for the Orenish backstory. I love Lucy Liu in the movie. And yeah, I just I personally think, especially if you can get uh, your hands on the four hour cut. I don't know. I think, I think she's remarkable in it.
0: Yeah. I think you, on a really good point. You know, we both picked these movies and I, I was thinking this, I was like, she shines when she gets to be a character. She's a character actress. Like, yeah. and I think, you know, there are moments where she's able to do, uh, you know, more uh turned down or serious type things where it's it's not asking her to like be this big character but i think that's the exception to the rule i don't like i think you know in those rom-coms where it's just kind of like she's kind of wasted yeah uh, because she's really good at making big swings she's really good at being these bold personalities and when people have um things for her to like really fucking like just go all
1: out you know um well, i mean i think a great example of that is one of the few times uh, that she's in a rom-com where i think she's interesting is the truth about cats and dogs and i think it's because they let her if you pay attention to her truly be a weirdo yeah and there's yeah. that great moment she has with janine garofalo where she's like i don't eat you know people say you are what you eat and sometimes i worry that i'm nothing
0: because yeah. i don't eat and it's
1: just like yeah. what a what a weird human being
0: yeah, yeah. And that's what's so disappointing about um, My Super Ex-Girlfriend because in that movie, she actually is nothing. Yeah. You know? And for for a quote-unquote superhero comic book type genre thing, they've made her so bland and not let her have any personality. Um, her personality just is, you know, like sexist jokes. Um, but yeah, Kill Bill fucking slaps, I, I will say. I enjoy both Kill Bills very much. Uh, I probably like the first one better than the second one, but like they're both very good. It's it's I... fu- it's funny. You sort of always find somebody
1: who like likes one or the other more and that's why I think like it kind Watching of wor- it all together yeah it kind of works all together because yeah. you don't end up with that dichotomy because the first one is so fast-paced and so actiony and the second one's a lot of talk and there, trust me I am not saying that there are not things that could I literally most of Michael Madsen would be on the cutting room floor if I was the one cutting that film but
0: I I just What's hard for me, and she said that, you know, in the same um, story that she gave to the New York Times, talking about all how gruesome it was to film this movie. I know. um, And that's why I feel
1: bad picking it because, I mean, five countries, nine months, the whole car accident
0: thing that everything that she put her body through. Well, the car accident thing is one thing I would say also, like, there's a scene where one of the guys spits on her and but it. Wasn't him. It was fucking Quentin Tarantino who spit on her. When, and, when you know, when Gogo chokes her with the chain, guess what? Not Gogo. That's, that's fucking Quentin. Quentin Tarantino. And I just, and she talks about you know, she's as an actor, you have to decide how much of yourself, physically in this case, not emotionally, but emotionally too, are you going to give yourself to a role and to a director? And this is someone who she thought was a friend, and you know pushed her and pushed her. And it's it, it's uh, funny. She has said she's since reconciled with him, but
1: I also found interviews with her where she said that she like begged him to stop talking about a kill bill
0: volume three because she wasn't interested. Yeah. I mean, I I've, same girly. Like I, I think about that a lot. And we've talked about this before, you know, when we were talking about 12 years a slave and, and a lot of movies about brutality, it's like oh, the things that people have to do for entertainment to me, is very, uh, sometimes, uh, uncomfortable, and, and especially with someone like her, who has since talked about a lot of the horrible things, um, that she went through, um, but if we're going to kill the author, you know, yeah, she's incredible, the physicality, when she's fighting the crazy 88s, is it 88s? It's 88s, Yeah, 88s. Right? And she starts spanking the kid, like, after she fucking kills everyone else, that shit's funny, she's funny, <laughs> and, um... Yeah, Lucy Liu's incredible bitch. That first scene with Vivica A. Fox, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. and that and, is,
1: and like you said, I I agree. It's a lot of it is about killing the author because I do have a tendency to pick my five star reviews based on performance, but. Yeah, it, I mean, it was I thought about it for a long time because I I really was like, I really don't want to pick a Quentin Tarantino movie as but I, I do think she truly shines. And I think she's better in this than she is as Mia Wallace in Pulp Fiction. But same. She, but she has said when she watches Mia Wallace, when she sees Mia Wallace in Pulp Fiction, she sees a baby.
2: Jesus. I think I was a better actress when I made Kill Bill. I mean, I better be. I was practicing. Um, but uh I don't know. It's funny to, to see Pulp Fiction. I haven't seen it in a very long time, and um, my daughter's uh, become an actress now. She's twenty. Uh, her name is Maya, and it just reminds me so much of her. Um, you know, I, I, I see very almost sort of I see the, a baby in Pulp Fiction a little bit.
0: I mean, there's no denying like Kill Bill is her magnum opus, and and what's what's great is she's still so young and has so much more career left in her. Yeah. Um, but again, this was before like. She decided to start taking time off, you know, like and and also she like with Quentin made this character, you know, like this is uh, she had a lot invested into this, you yeah. know, and, and beyond like all I mean, the training. She, she came up with the initial concept
1: when he was yeah. discussing with her that he would like to make a like Japanese movie. She was like, all I keep seeing is the image of a woman in a bridal gown splattered in blood.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so I, she gave body, soul, emotions. You know, trained. At, so yes, very excellent pick. Um, even for all the shady stuff that came around it, you know, there's no denying Kill Bill and her performance in it is just masterclass. Is there anything else you saw that you particularly liked? I am going to bat for Prime. I know you are. <laughs> no, I, I will say I have. I didn't rewatch it. I think it's a very sweet and charming movie um but i will say i can't remember her performance specifically so there's that i really liked henry
1: and june but it is a little long so maybe but you could do worse than mad dog and glory mad dog and glory is really cute and gattaca yeah yeah, a 100% gattaca if
0: you want a 1997 double feature pop in gattaca pop in batman and robin have a (laughs) night honey um you have a soft spot for beautiful girls i do have a
1: soft spot for beautiful girls and i will say that um ceremony once again i i know people tend to think it's a throwaway role i really like her i i every time that she's on camera in that movie i am
0: fascinated by the choices she's making I mean, speaking of which, also, we've got to go back to Dangerous Liaisons. Yes. She's so young, and she's hanging in there with these powerhouses that yeah. we talked about for she, both Glenn Close and Pfeiffer. Oh, she has a full scene with just her and Glenn Close, and it's just like, ugh, at that
1: age? like, yeah.
0: <laughs> and if you want something, like, frothy and breezy, I would say, you know, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, yeah. I think, is just, like, Silly Billy. And also, a little capsule of the mid-90s when things were simpler...
1: that's simpler time Mm -hmm. Um, before we get into our fast forward why don't we do our mixed review review both mine and Louie's one star review was 2006 my super ex-girlfriend Louie's five star review was 1997's Batman and Robin and my five star review was Kill Bill volume 1 and 2 2003 and 2004 so why don't we head to our fast forward and talk about what we want to come
0: She has a lot on her plate coming. You know, she's um, done a movie for Disney Plus, I think. Uh, Hollywood, Hollywood Star Girl, yeah, Hollywood <laughs> Star Girl. Um, it's the sequel to Star Girl, <laughs> but but not the superhero Star. Not not yeah, not um, CW Star Girl, which <laughs> stars Luke Wilson. Hello, weird,
1: weird. What is that? She has both the Kill Room and. Tau Ceti 4, which is a movie I feel like is probably going to go through a name change, but but for the moment, Tau Ceti 4, both these films are currently in pre-production, and I'm I'm very curious, actually, about The Kill Room. Uh, The logline is, a hitman, his boss, an art dealer, and a money laundering scheme that accidentally turns the assassin into an overnight avant-garde sensation, one that forces her to play the art world against the underworld
0: okay so she kills someone the art splatter makes art i can see it now i can see it now i can see it now um but what is your sort of
1: hopes for uma i can tell you the one thing that i really want is i would actually like a chance to see her on stage because that was the thing in watching all these movies in such a short time period i was like there's a lot of time she spends like playing to the rafters and i'm sure yes. it's i'm sure it's great in a house but watching it on screen doesn't always work. And so I, w- I would love to see her, you know, g- have another turn at a Broadway role.
0: Right. I, and, I, you know, she did The Prison Woman, which was written by the guy who did House of Cards. And I, I I didn't see it. I don't know much about it. But, like, I want to see her as a showgirl. Like, I think she is so good as that, um, you know, Ula in Producers role. I think she's so good, obviously, as Poison Ivy. Anything where she can like just give like a knowing glance, you know, <laughs> what I don't need is honestly like her being a mom. I, I just think she is has too much like star wattage and personality to be like, I'm a frazzled mom or like, oh, no, I can't find a date. It's like, yeah, like so boring.
1: And I get, I get it. Like also, you know, she's she, not Reese Witherspoon. OK, like I'm she's, sorry. She's not Reese Witherspoon. I know that she has a, like a 10 year old. But she doesn't need to be making any more no. at war with Grandpa or whatever. And, no, and that's the sort of frustrating thing. And we, invariably, we talk about this anytime we talk about a woman. But like, they get to the age where they're only playing mothers.
0: I don't want that for her. She is so glamorous. She is. Listen, some, you know. Yeah, listen. Like fucking. She. I remember uh, Percy Jackson. I remember her as Medusa. Bitch. Give her a fucking Medusa movie. Make her just do an actual full-on movie about Medusa. <laughs> and like, yes, bitch, like fucking go off. I would love to see her as a villain. I, I think she has that kind of edge because she looks so ethereal. She looks, she has such a severe masculine face. Um, she's so cutting, so uh, intense, that intense stare. Um and I and, and and Gattaca, I think, is a good example of, of her being just like silent, but like deadly, you know, so much of stuff like just bubbling up in her. Yeah. um So, yeah, I I I know you mentioned she was has been in a couple of horror things on Netflix. um I would love for her to continue down that road if she could do like a what if she had her own hereditary, you know? Uh, yeah, like, I don't
1: that one's a little tough just because like, and I don't, I'm not a hereditary fan, but I do really like the performance that Tony Collette gives in that movie. I don't know if Uma could pull that off.
0: Yeah, well, who knows? Who knows? That's true. I mean, I, but no one's giving her that stuff. They're giving, yeah. like Tony Collette would never take my super ex-girlfriend. Right. You know, and that's, uh, that. I need a little bit more of, um, being deliberate with the roles we're taking. I need a little bit more of like precision Um, and go back to her like super freak roots, you know, like making the weird choices, um, you know, follow her gaze. I I bet you she has a ton of them like, and she needs to listen to them. These little kind of one-off things that just aren't like clicking in. I mean, I would love, I mean, she, she made Bellamy, you know, she has gone back to like the period stuff before, but nothing that just like really has that same edge as dangerous liaisons, you know, I want her to hook her up with like a really great writer. I think that's yeah. where it's missing because a lot of these stories are just like not good.
1: Yeah, no, I would I'm 100% agree. And, and yeah, she just needs something, I don't know, something.
0: Get out of the con is on type stuff. Yeah. The the fucking be cool shit. Like, no, no. (laughs) Playing for keep like it's just, it's just, it's just not it. Okay. No. Uma, when I think of her, she has such a special place in my heart just because as a youth and watching Batman and Robin, uh, the producers came out when I was in high school. I know I fucking love watching that movie and seeing her. She can do everything. She's an action star. She does comedy. Kill Bill, like, Pulp Fiction. She can do drama. Noir. Like, she's so versatile. Gattaca, holy shit. Like, sci-fi. This woman really doesn't know, like, she's a dancer. If We didn't talk about her dancing and singing into the producers and how fucking good she is. Yeah. Like I, she, I brought
1: it up. I brought it up. I thought it's funny that on Smash they acted like she was tone deaf.
0: Yes. and And so it's like, for me, I just think there are no limits for her. Um, and especially for such a, you know, treacherous road that she's fucking taking in her career, um, she still has so much more to give. And so I am hopeful that there are going to be more opportunities for her. Um, and you know, we 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 mentioned that her her child Maya. I was is... I was
1: just gonna say I saw an interview where somebody asked her if she would do a film with Maya, and she was like, I kind of didn't want her to go into acting, but. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I think there's a lot more left for her because she's such a she has such a well of talent. Um, she has said, unfortunately, that fucking car crash fucked up yeah. her knees and her neck. Um, so I don't know how much more action stuff we'll get from her, but I think she is just like a fucking sizzling pot, just overflowing with <laughs> yeah the spice okay absolutely and i think that perfectly encapsulates
1: uma thurman's career so we should bid adieu but we do want to say that if you do want to contact us you can always find us online at at the mixed reviews on twitter we're uh on facebook just type in the mixed reviews if you want to write us an email you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com
0: we're on instagram type in
1: the underscore mixed underscores review And if you want to listen to our full back catalog like you've been listening to this episode, you can find us on any major podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Audible, Amazon, all the major ones. And if you do listen to all the places, all the places. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please stop by. Leave us a five star ratings. Yes, five stars. And write a little review. Even if it's only a couple words, we'll read it on the show. You can also tell us not to read it on the
0: show. No pressure. Okay, we'll give you a little. We'll give you a little shout out. Give some love. You give us some love. We give you some love. Okay. Absolutely. Those, those reviews—they're not mixed, honey. And we'll be coming back in two
1: weeks with a brand new subject. So stay tuned. Gavin, an exit, please. <laughs> <laughs> Why, did we move so far up podcast left? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye, guys. See you two weeks. Bye.
2: When you got it, show it. Put your hidden treasures on display Violinists love to play an E string But audiences really love a G string Then you got it, shout it Let the whole world hear what you're about Close may makes a man, all a girl needs is a tan Then you got it, let it hang Remember when Ula dance? Yeah. Ula dance again! Ula dance again!